So uh, I appreciate you being here. Why don't you close your eyes with me and I'm going to pray and then we're going to look into the word this morning. Father, I love you. Father, I'm so thankful for your word. Father, I'm thankful for every person that chose to be here this morning. And my Lord, my prayer is this, that they would hear with their ears, they would see with their eyes. Father, that their hearts would be open, that the light of the gospel, the light of the good news would shine in our hearts. And Lord, we'd see who we are. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. I've been teaching for a few weeks on describing the Bible in two words. And in the beginning, that seems like a big challenge, but it's really very simple. The Old Testament can be described in one word, and it's do. In the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, it was based on obedience. And if you did everything you were supposed to do, you'd be blessed. Excuse me. If you didn't do everything you were supposed to do, you'd be cursed. Let me tell you something else. All other world religions are based on the same premise. Outside of Christianity, all other world religions are based on one thing. You have to do, do, do to please whatever God they've chosen. But in Christianity, in the New Testament, it's done. You see, Christianity is done, done, done. I didn't pay the price. You didn't pay the price. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. Jesus paid the price at the cross. So the Old Testament is due. The New Testament is done. Now, God delivers Israel out of slavery. They've been in slavery to Egypt for several hundred years. God delivers them. It's the greatest story in the Old Testament. They come out of Egypt. They go into the wilderness. Moses goes up to the mountain and gets the Ten Commandments. And the law of God is established. And that law was based on Ten Commandments. And if you obeyed the commandments, you were blessed. If you did not obey the commandments, you were cursed. I want to read to you the blessings this morning, starting in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And let me show you the list of the blessing. Excuse me. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Stop right there. These blessings belong to us as New Testament Christians. And the very first thing I read is it says, if you keep all the rules, if you obey all the commandments, you'll be blessed. So when I read that, the first thing I am is discouraged because I think, well, great. I can't have this because I can't do it anyway. And I talked about that last week. There's three reasons why you can't have this. The first reason is you're not Jewish. You see, God's talking to the children of Israel, and this is a blessing that belongs to Israel, and we're not Jewish, we're Gentiles, so we're outside of the covenant, and the Bible very simply says we're without God and we're without hope, but there's good news. Jesus is going to take care of that. Here's the second reason you can't have it is because you can't meet the standard. The very first thing I said is you have to carefully keep all the rules. You cannot do it. I cannot do it. But good news, Jesus is going to take care of that. Then the third reason you can't have it is because you simply don't know about it. If I went down to the bank tomorrow and I opened up account for Will and I put $100,000 in it, but I forgot to tell him, it wouldn't matter, would it? 
Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Just tell Penny, amen. <clears throat> yeah, so if I told Penny, it still probably wouldn't help Will, right? <laughs> Honey, where'd you get that new car? Right, amen. The Bible says in the Old Testament that we perish for a lack of knowledge. See, what you don't know will hurt you. And so Jesus is going to take care of us being Jewish. Jesus is going to take care of our imperfections. But you have to take care of the part of understanding what belongs to you. Let me read to you the list that belongs to you. It says, your towns and fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Stop right there. I know this is talking in agriculture terms. I know that, right? It's talking about herds and cattle and flocks, and you may not have those things, but you do have a job. You do have a bank account. You do have a savings account. So this is all included in this. Let me continue to read. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed, your food. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you'll be blessed. Stop right there. Verse 6 is the blessing of Abraham in a nutshell. Okay, we've been talking about how Abraham's blessings belong to us. This verse is that blessing in a nutshell. Look what it says. Wherever you go and in whatever you do, you'll be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. That is the nutshell. That's it put together. That's the message of Christianity. See, the offer is life in Christianity. That's what it is. What if you were to take that promise right there? put it on a three-by-five card, and carried it with you for a few days, and four or five times a day you got out and said, wherever I go and in whatever I do, I'm blessed because I belong to Jesus Christ. Pretty soon you wouldn't need the card. I wonder what it would do in your life. You see, I have that on a card. I have some other verses on cards. And uh, what if you decided that you wanted that? I had an old Bible teacher say one time in Bible school that the promises of God don't fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You don't just lay down under the tree and hope it lands on you. you. You reach out and pull it off the tree and take it. Let me continue to read what it says. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you'll be blessed. <clears throat> the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They'll attack you from one direction, but they'll scatter from you seven. You may say, well, pastor, I don't have any enemies. Well, you have one enemy, and his name's the devil. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. I love that. He'll guarantee a blessing. Don't you like guarantees? Okay, don't you love guarantees? In the King James, it says he will command. Okay, God says I will command a blessing on you or I will guarantee a blessing. Have you ever bought something that had a guarantee and then you tried to redeem the guarantee and you found out it wasn't very guaranteed, right? <laughs> this is guaranteed for 30 minutes or 30 days, whichever comes first, right? Okay, God guarantees. He doesn't not keep his word. Listen to it. It says, I'll guarantee a blessing on everything you do. I'll fill your storehouses with grain. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. Here it is again, obedience. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would. He's talking to Israel. Then all the nations of the world will see that you're his people, claim to the Lord, and they'll stand in awe of you. Then he goes on and says, I'll give you rain. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to make you above and not beneath. Now, this is the blessing of the old covenant, but it belongs to us. The next verse I want to read to you is in Galatians 3. Now, here's what's amazing this morning as I read this to you. I'm not making this up. I'm just reading to you what the Bible says. That's all I'm doing. Just reading to you what the Scripture says. Look what it says in Galatians 3.13. This is the, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe this is New King James Version. Christ 
has redeemed us. The word has is past tense. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What in the world does that mean? That's your disobedience. That's you not being able to keep the standard. The Bible says in Romans that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need Jesus as my Savior. Jesus has redeemed or purchased me from the curse of the law. Now, the curse is right after the blessing. You'll be cursed in the city and you'll be cursed in the field. If you don't keep the rules, if you don't keep the law, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Stop right there. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. This is the tree, the cross. Isn't it interesting that in the beginning there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was the tree of life, and then there's the tree that Jesus died on. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't go for himself, he went for you. And this verse right here says that when he hung on this tree, <clears throat> he was cursed or he took your punishment. Now listen very carefully. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior this morning, you're not cursed. You never will be cursed. Well, what if I do something bad, Pastor? You know, what if something doesn't, what, what, you know, what if I blow it? What if I make a mistake? Doesn't that make God mad? Well, God was mad. And he was so mad, he put the curse on Jesus. You're not cursed. You're blessed. Listen to what it says. Can you put the next verse up? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That's us, Gentiles. And if I'm in Christ, what does that mean? That means you know Jesus is your Savior, that you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Listen to me. God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to give you children as many as the sands of the sea and the stars in the sky. That's us. And I'm going to take care of you. Jesus took your curse on the cross. You're not cursed, but you're blessed. Now, I'm going to go to the, another verse. I'm going to skip down to Galatians 3, 26 through 29. Listen to what this says. It says, for you are all sons of God. Now, that can be sons or daughters. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, stop right there. If you can remember when you invited Jesus Christ into your life, you'd say this morning, Pastor Rusty, I'm a Christian. I know I'm a Christian. I'm not a Christian because I go to church. I'm not a Christian because I was baptized. I'm not a Christian because I'm confirmed. I'm a Christian because I recognize Jesus died on the cross, and I've received that into my life. It says right here that you're the son or the daughter of God. Now, here's something I want you to understand very clearly. There is no such thing as the family of man. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, you know, we're, we're all the children of God. That's not what the Bible teaches. Okay, the Bible teaches you're either inside the covenant, you're inside the kingdom through Jesus Christ because of the new birth, or you're outside of it. See, there's not this, oh, we're, you know, God, God, now I'm not saying God doesn't love everybody. He does. He'll love you and you ride it right into hell if that's what you choose to do. But you got to know Christ as your Savior. Listen to what it says. All of you are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. The Ephesian, in Ephesians, it says you've been placed as a son or a daughter. You've been adopted into the kingdom. See, that takes care of the Jewish part. Anytime anybody says to you, oh, you can't have that. That's for the Jews. Well, my New Testament says I'm a Jew inwardly, and I've been circumcised in the heart because Jesus is my Savior. So it does belong to me. Well, you can't keep the rules. Well, Jesus kept the rules for me. He fulfilled all. Now, this is what it says. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
Now, we believe in baptism. We do baptism. And if you haven't been baptized, you should be baptized. But it's talking about receiving Christ as your Savior. Listen, water doesn't save you. Blood does. The blood of Jesus saves you. We, we want you to be baptized if you haven't been. It says there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. What is that saying? That's saying, see, God's not looking at you. Oh, you're a woman. You're a man. Oh, you're a Jew. You're a Greek. He only looks at one thing, and that's the new birth. How do I get this promise? How do I get in on this? All you got to do is ask Jesus into your heart. That's what God recognizes. Listen to the rest of it. And if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. Now, I'm going to read that verse to you, Galatians 3.29, out of the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to show you an object lesson. It says, and now that you belong to Christ. Now, if you're in here this morning, and you'd say, Pastor, I know I belong to Christ, then this verse is talking to you. Listen to what it says. And if you belong to Christ, you're the true children of Abraham. <clears throat> you are his heirs. What does that mean? That means that everything that belongs to granddaddy Abraham belongs to me because I'm his true child because I know Jesus is my savior and everything that is his, I'm an heir to. Are you with me? You are his heir, <clears throat> excuse me, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. What was God's promise to Abraham? Everywhere you go and everything you do, I'm gonna bless you. How do I get that, pastor? By knowing Jesus as your savior. Arthur, would you come here? Don, would you come here? Arthur, I need you to stand right here. Don, I need you to stand right here in the middle. And then, uh, Jonathan, would you come here, brother? Please, sir. And when you stand right about here. Okay. All right. This is a timeline. Okay. This is Abraham. You old farmer. Man, this is Abraham right here. God showed up and he said, hey, Abraham, listen to me, son. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you coming in. I'm going to bless you going out. Come go with me. And he said, okay. He said, I'm going to cut a covenant with you. All a covenant is is an irrevocable, unbreakable promise. And he said, I'm going to cut covenant with you, and I'm going to take care of you. That covenant that God cut with Abraham is an irrevocable covenant. It still stands today. It's timeless. Okay, God didn't do it and then decide to do something else with it. It's an irrevocable covenant, and the blessings that God promised to Abraham belong to you. 430 years later, here comes Moses. Moses gets the children of Israel out of Egypt. He goes up onto the mountain, and he gets the law. I just read it to you. If you do the will of God, he'll bless you. If you don't, he'll curse you. 1,600 years later, here comes Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus fulfills the law. See, here's what lots of people think. Well, we know God gave Abraham a promise, but to get the promise, you have to do what Moses said. You have to keep the rules and you have to keep the law. But here's what you got to understand. Jesus came and died on the cross. He took your curse. He took your disobedience. You put your sin on him. He puts his righteousness on you, and he fulfills the law. Now, you can go sit down, Moses. Now, y'all stay up here. Now, don't miss this. From Jesus all the way back to Abraham. And Jesus is in the New Testament. Now, he's through the whole Bible. Abraham's in Genesis. Everything that God gave Abraham all the way through to Jesus belongs to you. And it's a promise he told Abraham, 
I love you, and I want to take care of you. And it says that Abraham received it by faith. You walk through the Bible to Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm going to die on the cross for you. And by the way, Jesus looks a lot more like this than he does like this. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. He looks a lot more like this than he does like this. Jesus died on the cross, took your curse, and gave you all the promises, all the benefits, and all the blessings because you're a son and you're a daughter. All right, guys, y'all can be seated. Thank you very much. Now, where's my package? Ashley, can you hand, or Arthur, you hand me that underneath the seat right there? Remember the Bible too, please. All right, I'm going to use Dylan this morning. You can stay right there, but I'm going to use you. I used Glenda last week, remember? Dylan gets a certified letter in the mail from Sam Walton's family. Not the Waltons on TV, if you're old enough to remember them hillbillies. Okay, not them people who drove Model T's and wore overalls. Uh, the Waltons who live in Arkansas and who are billionaires. He gets a certified letter and it says, Dylan, we've been doing some research on our family tree and we found out that you're related to us and you've been lost and we have found you and we don't know where you've been and what you've been doing, but man, we need you to meet us at the airport. We're flying the Learjet to pick you up. So he goes out there and his mom puts him on the Learjet and they give him something cold to drink. They fly him to Bentonville, Arkansas. The limousine picks him up. They take him over to the headquarters. They take him into the office where the big offices are and the big big oak, oak walls and nice big desks with big chairs. And they run into the rooms and they throw their arms around Dylan. They say, Dylan, where have you been? Mom, we're so glad we found you. He says, I've been hanging out in Tulia. And they say, hey, man. Here's what we need you to know. We got a bunch of stuff that belongs to you. It's called a family trust and benefits. And we got a whole package for you. And we need you to take this and we need you to look it over. And we need you to study it. We need you to take time to find out who we are and find out what belongs to you. But long story short, here's what we need you to know. You're part of the family and everything that we have belongs to you. And you're a billionaire. He'd probably give me that boat he has. Wouldn't you? Now that you're a billionaire. Yeah, Dylan has a nice boat. Yeah. All right, now here's what I want you to see. Don't miss this. This is exactly the same thing that's happened to you, except it's in this book right here. You see, this book is your family trust and benefits because you've been adopted into the kingdom. When you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior, you were born into the kingdom. Your heavenly Father owns the universe. Jesus is your big brother. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you, and it all belongs to you, and you get it all for eternity and forever. And all you got to do is take time to read it. See, all I want to do is change how you see the Word of God. Hey, Pastor, you talked about this last week. I know, but you didn't get it because you didn't read your Bible one minute longer this week than you did last week. Okay, this isn't a book of rules. This isn't a book of religion. This isn't a book of do's and don'ts. This isn't some old outdated book. It's your last will and testament from your father. And it's your family trust and benefit package. And all he wants you to do is take time and read it and find out that you're not cursed, but you're blessed, and that Jesus took the curse for you, and now the blessings of Abraham belong to you. Now listen to me. Let me say it one more time. I want it to sink in. You're not now, nor will you ever be cursed. You're not now, nor will you ever be cursed. We've given this example, right? <clears throat> Man, you know, 
something happened to the neighbor. I wonder what they did wrong. You know, Friday night we had that line of thunderstorms come through, and it was all the way up from Wichita, Kansas, down into Portales. And some people got rain and some people didn't. We got a half inch at our house. Some people got two inches. Some people got none. And you know how we are in West Texas, right? Hey, did you get any rain? No, we didn't get any. Well, man, I did. I must be living right. Okay, if you think that, you're hanging out with Moses. And what you need to do is move away from Moses and get over closer to Jesus. Because you see, I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. And not because I've earned it, not because I deserve it, but because Jesus paid for it. Now, let me go to another verse. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, hang on with me. Hang on. Don't don't start thinking about lunch yet. Hang in here with me for just another minute. Hebrews 10.1, listen to what this says. Excuse me. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow and a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. In other words, the old covenant wasn't better than the new covenant. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were not able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Stop right there. Listen to me. Remember, Hey, I've sinned, so I bring my lamb to the priest. He examines it. I put my hands on it. My sin's transferred to the animal. He kills it, and the innocence is transferred to me. I had to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Thousands of animals were killed. Why? Because the blood of an animal cannot cleanse you from sin. And it says right there that if it could, then they would have only had to have killed the lamb one time. And then you'd have been clean. You'd have been free. You see, Jesus paid it one time. Are you with me? Now, let me keep reading. Listen to what it says. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sin year after year. Now, stop right there. This is so good right here. You can offer no sacrifice for your sin. Let me say it again. You can offer no sacrifice for your sin because Jesus already paid the price. And when you try to, All it does is remind you of your shortcomings. What did that verse just say? The sacrifices reminded them of their sin. So when you get up early in the morning to try to impress God, when you stay up late at night to try to impress God, when you try to do something so God will like you, hey, I'm going to go to Tui Christian Fellowship this morning because I want God to be happy with me. All that does is remind you of your shortcomings. And what you need to do is move closer to Jesus. Because the price has already been paid. Let me keep reading. For it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Listen, your sin was taken away by the blood of Jesus. Not by an animal. Let me go to another verse. I want to go down to Hebrews 10.10. Listen to what this says. For God's will. How many of you would like to know what God's will is? Man, come on, right? Man, pastor, I'd love to know what God's will is. Well, I got it for you. It'll only be $100. So just start the line to the left. Listen to what it says. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Look at it. God's will was for you to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Listen, there's nothing you do to make yourself holy except accept the sacrifice. Are you with me? 
I can't do anything to be holy. I'm going to wear my hair a certain way. I'm going to wear makeup. I'm not going to wear makeup. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. There's nothing you can do to make yourself holy. All you have to do is accept the sacrifice, and you are holy. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Listen, once for all time. Bobby, the price has been paid, Bubba. All you got to do is get in the river and flow. Isn't that good? Anybody been to the Camel River? Well, I'll bless y'all's hearts. Y'all, it, it isn't calling you? That's a river over in New Brunswick, Texas. Oh, my God. Actually, you've been, right? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that's what the kingdom is. Just get in the river and just let's just flow. Let's just flow. It's been paid for. Let me show you another verse. Now, I know your head's about to explode, but I've got to keep going. Hebrews 10, 12, our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin. How often was he offered? One time. He offered himself one time. That one time was enough. And it says it's good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Why did he sit down? Because it was finished. When I was a kid, I got my first job. When I, when I was young, I had a paper route. <clears throat> I got a paper route when I was 12 years old, and I threw newspapers up through high school, and uh, that's actually how I learned to read, is when we'd get our bundles of newspaper, I'd cut it open and sit down on it, and I'd read the newspaper, and it really, really helped me, and I didn't know it was at the time, but I'd take time to read the newspaper. Well, as I got older, our neighbor across the street, uh, there was a family, and they had a son who was older than me, quite a bit older than me, and he was the manager at a Safeway store there in Amarillo, Texas, over on 6th Street, and so I was wanting to get a real job. You know, I was wanting to get a job where you get a paycheck, and you know, you go to work, and so he hired me to go to work at Safeway. Well, when I got there, of course, I'm a kid. I'm green. I don't know anything about work. And they're hiring me to sack groceries and sweep the floor and, you know, do stuff at the grocery store. Here's one of the first things I learned when I went to work at the Safeway. You don't sit down unless you're on break or lunch because they're not paying you to sit down. And so one of the first things I learned was, you know, if you sit down somewhere, now some of you may have desk jobs where you sit down. I'm not saying that you don't, but I'm green, I'm a kid, and I'm just learning to work. And my boss made sure I understand, understood, I'm not paying you to sit down, I'm paying you to work, sack groceries, sweep, do something. Uh, I heard somebody say one time, if you work at McDonald's, they have this saying, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Right? Okay, now I know you don't have, some of you don't have that kind of job, and I know that. But I had to learn that early. You don't sit down till the work is done. That's why Jesus sat down. Because the price is paid, and it's finished, and it's done. Now listen to the next verse. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Now I want to answer something very powerful here that some of you are thinking. Hey, Pastor, this is all great and everything, and I love this, but uh, why is the world so messed up? Why is there so much weird stuff going on? I mean, if Jesus has done all this, how come the world didn't better? It's very simple. The Bible says that the last enemy is death. Okay, that's the last enemy that's going to be conquered. I thought the other day, a while back, several people I know have passed away, and I've done lots of funerals, and I thought, I'm so sick and tired of people dying. But it's the last enemy. Listen, the world is broken. And the reason the world is broken is not because of God, but because of the prince of the power of the air. His name is Lucifer. 
You have been redeemed. All you have to do is receive it and walk in the kingdom and enjoy the blessings of God and keep darkness off you. But the world hasn't been redeemed and restored yet. It's going to. Jesus is going to come and he's going to set up his kingdom and all things are going to be made right. Listen, only one kingdom's going to stand. You understand that, don't you? There's only one kingdom going to stand, and it's not any nation on the earth. It's the kingdom of God, and it says that Jesus is going to rule and reign, and all things are going to be made right. But you and I have the covenant promise. Let me keep reading. For by this one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Here's what I want you to see this morning. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. You're not cursed You're blessed. The blessings of Abraham belong to you. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. Everywhere I go and everything I do is blessed. Why? Because Jesus paid for it. And all I have to do is receive it. Jesus paid for it. All I have to do is receive it. I was at the Drissel House Wednesday teaching the men's class. And I gave this example. I said, you know, there's some land outside of Canyon that my brother and I own. My father bought it when I was a kid. He had a dream of building a house on it, but that never did happen. But he bought it several years ago. I'm a kid. Okay, I own that land. I own half of it. My brother owns half of it. I didn't pay a penny for it. I don't pay a penny taxes on it. I've never put a nickel on that land, but I own it. Somebody spoke up in the group of men. He said, so what you're saying is, is uh, somebody else pays and you get the benefits. I said, exactly. That's exactly in the natural, and it's exactly the way it is in the kingdom. Listen, Jesus paid, and you get the benefits. Now, listen, that rubs your work ethic all wrong. Are you listening? You know what you've been taught your whole life? Well, you've been taught your whole life you don't get nothing if you don't work for it. And the Bible says that we should work. But the kingdom, Jesus paid for it. And it belongs to you. I don't even pay the taxes. This guy said, well, who pays the taxes on the land? My brother does. Don't you love my brother? And you know what? He's never called one time and said, hey, you owe me a check for taxes. Or, hey, I've been paying the taxes on this and I need you to help me. He always pays the taxes. He's never even asked me about it. And half of that land belongs to me. You know why? Because I was born to Harold and Luella Gray. And I inherited it. I didn't earn it, didn't deserve it, didn't work to pay for it. I got it because I inherited it. Every promise in this book, Don Schulte, belongs to you because you inherited it. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You didn't pay for it. You didn't have to go to work and start an account to buy it. Jesus bought and paid for it. And you get the benefits. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal, don't you think? So you ought to take time to look in this book and see what belongs to you. Because any promise you find in here, you can have. Because the Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. Well, you can't have that because that's for the Jews. Uh, God took care of that. Well, you can't have that because you're not good enough. Jesus took care of that. It's all mine. It's all yours. All you got to do is read it. And then say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, everywhere I go. 
and everything I do is blessed because I'm in covenant with you. Amen? Y'all stand up and let's pray. Would you close your eyes with me for just a minute? Let me pray for you. I know there was a lot in that this morning. Father, I want to pray for every person here. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. Lord, in my feeble attempt to try to teach, you know, I, I I do the best I can. But Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. And I pray that you take these truths, you take this scripture, you take these promises, and you would stir them in our hearts today, this afternoon, and this week. Holy Spirit, help us to understand the grace of the kingdom. Help us to understand our citizenship in the kingdom. Help us to understand that, Jesus, you paid for it, and we get it. Lord, I pray that every person in this place is strengthened and encouraged and refreshed, and we're learning who we are. It's in Jesus' name I pray this morning. And everybody said? Amen. Hey, I love you guys. I'm so glad you were here. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great rest of your week.